Welcome to the Agent of Wealth podcast with Mark Boudis from Boudis Financial. In this podcast, Mark helps guide you towards financial freedom, ensure you never run out of money, and create a balance in life that prioritizes what is most important to you. Join us for this journey as Mark draws from years of expertise and guest experts to solve the multiple wealth building challenges involved in your financial life. Good morning and welcome to the Agent of Wealth podcast. On today's show, we have Kelly Lewis, the founder and owner of Kelly Works Bookkeeping. Kelly, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. All right. So how'd you get started in bookkeeping? Uh, well, I gained my experience um, working with a logistics company back in uh, 2004. Uh, so they were freight forwarding. I was a junior bookkeeper there. From then, the vice president of that company went and opened up his own and uh, brought me on, and I was the controller, so I handled everything from accounting to other managerial types of things and HR and all that fun stuff. And I'm sure being in bookkeeping uh, numbers is something that you like. Absolutely. I see the numbers, and they speak to me. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we're approaching or right in the middle of of tax season, depending upon how your business is structured. You're probably either having to file by March 15th, April 15th, or if you get some kind of extension. But what should small businesses or businesses in general be doing now to prepare so that they can file on time when they need to? I think it's really important to look at uh, the previous year and just make sure that everything makes sense, you know, that things are categorized uh, properly, um, you know, if you made any large purchases of equipment, you know, that you're not just kind of lumping it into office supplies if it should be depreciated as an asset. Um, so really kind of just fine-tuning uh, things. Uh, that's if you already have a, a set of existing books, and um, if you don't, definitely contacting uh, a professional to recreate the tax year so that, um, you know, you have all of your financials, your debits, your credits, and everything lined up properly. So I know you mentioned categorizing things, and, you know, it's, it's probably akin to how I like to do it on the uh, personal side where you want to see where money's going. And, you know, for, on the personal side, it's, it's important because, you know, you're, you're, you don't have an infinite source of money and you, you want to make sure it's going to the things that are important to you and that are funding your goals. Mm-hmm. On the business side, it's probably it, that's important as well. But also for tax purposes, they do have to categorize expenses, correct, on, on where their money's going? Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, and even certain categories like uh, meals and entertainment and I believe it was 2018, they actually removed the entertainment category. So entertainment is no longer deductible. Or a few years ago it was, um, you know, travel. uh, I'm sorry, meals is only 50% deductible. So, yeah, things really need to be categorized properly so you're avoiding any hiccups, God forbid there ever be an audit or anything. And are there standard categories that a business has to follow, or can they kind of make up their own categories? Yes, that's a wonderful question. (laughs) Because, uh, yeah, you have your standard kind of chart of accounts, and any accounting software that you're using typically will come with kind of a default generic setting. And um, from there, you want to create categories that are geared towards your business and um, measuring expenses. You don't want to create categories for uh, ridiculous things. I've seen 
businesses where they have overkill on their chartered accounts. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that's not beneficial to... Actually, can you yeah. just explain what a chart of accounts is? Okay. So, um, chartered accounts is ultimately, um, you know, you have your, your bank accounts, your liabilities. So, liabilities are any loans that you may have or any debt that's outstanding. Um, then you have your assets, you know, that's uh, whether it's materials or any loans that, you know, if anyone owes your business money, your accounts receivable, accounts payable, you know, payable is who you owe, receivable is who owes you. And then you have like your income categories, which is important because, um, you know, if you're a brick and mortar and you're selling certain pieces of furniture, we'll categorize that as furniture sales. But then if you're also selling, uh, you know, fabric or upholstery, you want to categorize that as fabric sales so that when you review your financials, you know know how much you're making in each category and then you also have your cost of goods sold so cost of goods is ultimately what it costs to um, sell your merchandise so you know you'll need to initially purchase the furniture so that you can ultimately sell it Um, so that's the example there and then you have your expense category which is ultimately all of your overhead and any dollar penny that is spent through the business should be properly categorized you know we shouldn't be lumping things in reconciliation discrepancy or you know miscellaneous i mean if it was spent there should be a reason why and it should be like properly uh broken down so the expenses is where you just you don't want to go overkill on um, the type of detail because um, it'll be really hard to just um, measure you know any any financial tracking because it's it's too much. So you can look at the chart of accounts as almost as like a financial dashboard or the health of the company's finances. Absolutely, what's being spent, what's being made, where, and you know properly categorizing it. And so let's say a company doesn't use a, a professional help. Are they are they creating all this in spreadsheets and or how, how do they how would they do this? Uh, yeah, so I see a lot of folks in Excel. You may even hear a business owner say, "Oh, you know, I know my expenses. I I, I track them in Excel." Um, because you know you're tracking your overhead, but there's incidentals, and that's that's the reason why you know you really need to have a, a bank reconciliation so that everything is accounted for, even if it's a one-off. Um, but yes, you'll see they're tracking them in Excel, and also uh, QuickBooks Online. It's really a um, you know we all know QuickBooks; they're like the guru of accounting. Um, the QuickBooks Online version is great. It's really user friendly, and it really empowers um, an entrepreneur to kind of look at their financials and track it and enter it, um, which is great. But again, you know, really having the expertise and knowing how to categorize things properly um, because. QuickBooks will try to automate things, and through that automation, they'll see where things are like improperly categorized, or there might be some duplicates or things like that. So it is ideal that if an entrepreneur or solopreneur is running QuickBooks online on their own, that you know at a minimum they have a professional going in once per quarter to just balance checks and balances. Yeah, I would, I would imagine most business owners don't set out with the goal in mind to start tracking their printer toner paper that they purchased and all types of, of things. So you mentioned, I guess, a couple of things on the, you know, how the engagement or how you work. I, I imagine there are some people that come to you now 
and say, I haven't done anything for, let's say, last year, 2019. I'm going to have to file my tax return soon. What do I do? And in that case, what do you do? recreate the year for them? Uh, yes, absolutely. So, um, you know, my first question will be, you know, where are you banking? Um, you know, how many credit cards are there? How many checking accounts are there? And, um, you know, depending on which bank they're with, um, that will, you know, help to gauge the type of project, whether it'll be a little more automated or, um, you know, more manual. But yeah, we can recreate the year with just bank statements. And mm -hmm. I mean, I can even go back as far as uh, seven years, you know, through the bank records, unless, you know, they have, you know, copies of their statements if they're older. But ultimately, that's all we need. Um, will some banks allow you to automate or pull in the transactions um, or I guess the other option is you have to basically just look at bank statements and manually handle or enter in each, each transaction. Is that the two main ways of, of doing it? Yes. Um, so when you're with some of uh, the, the bigger banks, there is an import feature where um, you, know, you can sync the information in through QuickBooks, um, which nowadays a lot of you know, anything that pretty much has to do with financials they're kind of finding a way to get into QuickBooks since they're just mainstream. Mm -hmm. What else does a business owner need to look at now um, as they're approaching tax time that they would have to do or get done? Um, I think it's also important to just, um, you know, make sure that, uh, well, we've kind of passed the deadlines, but, you know, 1099s and, and W-2s, um, you have to give those out. Um, you know, the January 1st, 31st is the deadline um, for those. And then just again, also kind of sitting down with your tax preparer and, um, you know, just making sure that you're on, on track for everything and that, you know, you've gotten all of your interest statements from, um, you know, any of your financial uh, vehicles and um, pretty much just making sure that your paperwork is in order. And I think, you know, most people want to file um, by the due date, but I think that's why extensions are there, mm -hmm. you know, not for someone to kind of beat themselves up or get overwhelmed. Um, you know, just find someone, uh, hire them, and, um, you know, they can kind of take that burden off of you. And, you know, October and September are the, the next filing period, so... Mm -hmm. Now, um, I think we, we're talking in this case about someone who just waits until the last minute to do it. But I, I think in pretty much everything, the, the more you plan ahead is better. So what throughout the year could could they be doing or what could you be helping them out with um, in terms of that, you know, that organization? Right. Um, so typically my clients will retain me on a monthly retainer. And so uh, on a monthly basis, we'll provide um, financials, your, your um, profit and loss, your balance sheet, if there are any, uh, you know, bills that need to be paid or, um, you know, any any income that you need tracked or invoices that you need generated, um, you know, each each business is kind of different and exactly what they need. So it's really a, a, an a la carte service that's kind of catered um, to the business. But at minimal, at minimal, bare minimal, um, you know, we're doing a reconciliation of all of the, you know, uh, financial tools. So whether it's the checking, uh, money markets, um even if, you know, I have subcontractors and, you know, they're using petty cash, so we'll reconcile the petty cash, um, credit cards, you know, uh, the American Express card, you know, 
whatever way the business is spending money and any way the business is generating money, um, even PayPal and some of the online stores, um, you know, Shopify, Reconciliations, all that. So just kind of getting into the nitty gritty and making sure that everything's balancing out. So we do that on a monthly basis. And we also, um, for some other clients who might not be as busy or have that much going on, we can take care of that on a quarterly basis. Okay. So every quarter or every month, depending upon how they engage with you, they're getting some reports that they can look at and see the trends, the health of their business, and you know if it's going in the right direction that they want. I think the one you mentioned, which is probably my favorite report for business owners, that profit and loss report. So they can see what's coming in, where is it going, or different expenses trending up, what, you know, what does it cost to, to provide the product or service that they make or sell. Um, but also you mentioned one thing, you mentioned bill pay. What, how, how does that work? Are you paying the bills on behalf of the company? Uh, yes. Uh, so just depending on the logistics and the way that the, the entity is set up, um, there are a few different avenues we can pay those, you know, with um, regular old school checks mm-hmm. <laughs> or, um, you know, through through the bank. We can take advantage of their bill pay system or, you know, using bill.com. Uh, bill.com is pretty cool because, uh, you know, there's different levels of approval and, um, you know, certain limits on how much can be paid and who's approving what and who's entering it. But, uh, yes, definitely taking care of the bill. Yeah, I can see that definitely as like a time-saving um, for the business owner because or whoever in the business is, mm-hmm. is doing it usually because um, depending upon how big the business is what they're spending money on it can be overwhelming you just every day a new bill is due a new bill is coming in and keeping track of what's paid what's not paid what's outstanding when does it have to get paid is is probably pretty time consuming uh, to do yeah that's definitely something um that I, that's really where my passion is is kind of coming in and putting procedures in place to streamline those kind of things um, because even in large businesses you will be so surprised to see um, you know the bill approval process you know um, X might receive the mail might sit on X's desk for you know so many sure. days and then you know they have to get it to this one to sign and initial and stamp it and then scan it and I said well what if we don't stamp it what if we just right. scan it what if we do it this way so um you know that I, I, I enjoy um working with companies and really kind of helping them see you know we can get from A to Z you know in a quicker way we might not have to go through all of those uh, avenues and uh, in some smaller companies where cash flow might be an issue we set it up so we have like a you know a weekly or bi-weekly approval process where it's okay you know cash is a little tight let's hold off on sending this one out but you can pay these I think sort of timing of the bills is important Absolutely. as well yeah. sure so one thing I work with a lot of small business owners and one thing I see is that mixing of the business side and their and their personal stuff do you see that as well on, on people All you work the time, yeah. so what, um, what do you do to or how do you recommend people what does the business owner do to to kind of rectify that i think it's um way more important than we think or that even we know because i mean the the reason why someone will establish a, a corporation or an llc is to kind of create that corporate veil you know, to protect themselves personally, um, if there's any, you know, liabilities against the company. 
And in the event that, you know, anything goes wrong, they're breaking the corporate veil by using the card personally. So, you know, even if we just move away from taxes and deductible expenses and et cetera, um, you know, by using, you know, your business card, um, you know, to, to, to buy a baby shower gift for your niece, it's, you know, you're risking way right. too much. It's really not worth it. So what I encourage my clients to do is um, I always say bank at the same bank. You know, sometimes you'll see they have a personal account here, the business account's there. I say bank at the same bank. Well, you're standing on the checkout line. If you don't have the money in your personal account, make a transfer because that's cleaner. So right. when I see the transfer leaving the business account to the personal, it's a simple member's draw. There's really no question about it. Transfer it into your personal account and then use your personal card actually make the purchase that leaves for a cleaner set of books mm-hmm. and um you know you're kind of legally still keeping uh things intact yeah. but when you're an entrepreneur as we all know you know it's kind of all commingled right. you know we sleep eat and breathe this yeah. so you know when you're out and you know, you're swiping you're like okay it doesn't matter it's all the same thing i'm here doing this for the business anyway you know it's really important and especially to see the growth of your business and trends and things like that to really keep it separate so yeah so i guess that you know that keeping it separate it's obviously the legal benefit of doing it then there's the being able to look at your business and determine what's going on with it Mm -hmm. a true a true sense of what's going on but then there's also when it comes time to filing taxes it's just much easier whether they use you or whether they do it themselves Mm -hmm. to be able to know yes this is really something that's deductible or no this is something that's really a personal expense yeah yeah exactly and it's 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 important to um, you know be able to, to gauge your business, and you know a lot of this is learning curves. I mean, entrepreneurs um, they get into business because they found a passion about something, like they they love what it is that they do, and they should continue to do that, <laughs> and just hire a professional that will kind of guide them, and uh, you know show them the way. So there's no judgment. You know, sometimes things happen, mistakes are made, and, you know, it's just about kind of trying to do your best and clean it up and just move forward, Um, you know, don't, like, kind of overload yourself trying to be an expert in, like, every area because whatever they're doing to generate the income for their business, I can't do that, but I'm an expert in my area. Yeah, and, you know, it it comes down to organization and structure, like you mentioned earlier. Uh, I promote it, you know, on the on the personal side with with someone's finances, and you know, I always will say treat your personal side as as if it was a business. Mm-hmm. But you got to make sure your business is is uh, you know treated well. Also, a um, couple uh, episodes ago, we had Maria Diaz, an organizer, on same thing on her side. She, you know, it's, it all comes down to organization. She talked about organizing your house and just the benefits of it outside of having your financials organized, where it's less stress. It's you can. Think freer, so you better, you know, you you're, you'd be a better business owner and, and be able to function better. Focus on the right thing. So it's the organization is definitely important. On that topic, what, what what's your? Do you have any tips for the person who hands you a box of receipts or who doesn't have any receipts? Um, how how can they? Because I know that the IRS requires them over a certain amount of, of money. How does someone manage that over the year? Right. So I I think that. Now in this day and age with, uh, you know, these smartphones that can scan and take a picture of anything, um, there's also something called a NEAT scanner, which I'm a fan of, uh, you know, it's a desktop scanner. But the inserts, um, you know, they have the regular 8x10 or 8x11 size 
uh, paper inserts, but they also have that thin little small like gas station receipt mm-hmm. insert where it can feed through there without jamming. Um, so that's if, you know, you need to do that. But again, I'd say baby steps, you know, don't stress yourself out about keeping every single receipt. Let's keep receipts for larger purchases. You're buying a printer. Uh, you know, you brought a new monitor. Um, you know, you're you have some clients in from out of town, and you guys go out to eat, and the bill's seven hundred bucks. You know, those are the things that you want to keep because uh, through an audit, they'll kind of sporadically pick things out. So it's not that they'll want to see every single right. thing. Um, but yeah, I guess it's just good practices. And but what I would say is no cash, <laughs> because uh, cash it's it's just it's hard to recreate a set of books with um, you know cash I, I've, I've dealt with landscapers before and you know they're buying the mulch they're making the purchases they're paying some of their guys on a cash basis I can't even begin to kind of recreate that sort of swipe yeah so yeah I can see definitely see the importance of of that um, for tracking purposes one of the things you mentioned earlier was you know preparing these reports and also working with the the tax preparer or the CPA that's preparing them how and, and I always promote that too. Have that kind of, you want all your professionals talking together. You want everyone on the same page. How do you work with someone's tax preparer? Oh, absolutely. Um, yes, CPAs and tax preparers, they're great um, you know, business partners for me. It's a really great synergy because typically they'll have a client, you know, who they've been working with for years that comes to them with the box of receipts right. or uh, the statements. And their recommendation is, you know, you need a bookkeeper. You need someone to kind of get all this um, in order. And, you know, that's the role that I'll be in that situation. So it, it's pretty much I would prepare all the financials, send them over to the accountant, and the accountant will be super happy. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, then we'll kind of go back and forth, um, you know, discussing this liability and this credit. I'll make any, um, you know, ending and opening journal entries. Um, it's ideal that, you know, your books should match your tax return. Um, so that's important. Um, a lot of CPAs, if they run a tight ship, you know, they'll request that opening and, and ending uh, journal entries go through to um, balance everything out. And um, then, you know, I may also have a client who doesn't have a tax preparer. Um, so at that point, you know, I, I pretty much pair them with someone that I know. Um, I know a lot of different tax preparers and CPAs and, um, you know, different synergies. Some may specialize in restaurants, some may specialize in, you know, individuals who have a tax debt. Um, so that might be a better synergy uh, of working together. So, yeah, I mean, any any other accounting or financial professional is, is someone I would love to know. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure, you know, we were even talking about this um, before about one of the myths of working with a bookkeeper is, is the affordability of it. I would imagine that having you prepare all these documents that makes it nice and cookie cutter for the tax preparer to or the CPA to prepare it. It's more affordable than if the CPA actually prepared it themselves. Right. right. And um, you'll see a lot of times the CPA doesn't want to right. do it. They don't want to bill you um, all of those hours in recreating the documents. I mean, unless they have um, a bookkeeping department within the firm. But uh, yeah, I had a client. Their tax uh, preparer charged them close to six thousand um, dollars, you know, because they had to redo everything, multiple right. businesses, and then the following year the bill was uh, like fifteen hundred for, you know, the, re- the return, the Schedule C, because ultimately they were all LLCs that carried over. So, um, yeah, the, 
the cost is it's way more affordable than you think. Uh, like I said, I like to set my clients up on monthly retainers that we're all kind of comfortable with. Uh, so it's like a, a gym membership, you know, comes out. We don't have to give second thought to it. You know, I, I, I'm not necessarily one for the hourly billing. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I may have individuals who, you know, request that and we can work accordingly. But, you know, I'm always working. Kelly works. So uh, I find it a little more difficult to track uh, the minutes every time someone calls or texts. Yeah, so, yeah. it's not, not the most convenient thing to, to do. Not at all. Save that for the attorney. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we're about wrapping up. Anything else that you any tips or anything else you think business owners should know about keeping accurate books or preparing for for tax season um i just say uh you know since we're still at the top of the year like let this just be the year where you kind of step out and, and reach out um you know if it's not to myself it can also be another accounting professional but um you know really kind of get that 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 burden lifted from you this year. I think you'll see that, um, you know, not only taxes will be streamlined, but even throughout the year, I think you'll have a better handle on what you're doing, how your business is going. And, um, you know, if there needs to be any changes made, if you see that, okay, you know, I can cut back in this area, maybe hire someone new. Um, so I think the, the one takeaway I would say is really reach out to someone and um, get your books in order. Like your business deserves it. Yeah, no, it's important. They, they it should be focusing on the things that they, they can add value to, which is their business, not maintaining their books and, and records of the right. of the business. So, what's the best way that someone can reach out to you? Um, so, my website is kellyworks dot com, k e l l i w o r k s dot com. Uh, email is info at kellyworks, um, located on uh, at two thousand Morris Avenue. In Union, New Jersey, 07083, and the office number is 201-308-3128. And then, you know, on the website, there's hashtags and links to Facebooks and Instas and LinkedIn and all that stuff. So. Great. And thank you for being on the show today. Really Thanks appreciate it. Me. All right. So thank you, everyone, for listening, and uh, have a great day. All right. Thank you for listening to the Agent of Wealth podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered represents the views and opinions of the guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Boutis Financial. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for professional financial planning and investment advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investments and financial planning.